0: If you have a copy of God's word, look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. This morning we're going to be speaking about the resurrection and election. But in, in this, Christ is to have the pre He's to have the pre in the church. Why? Because He's the head of the church. He's the great shepherd and we are under shepherds brother Dave. day. Under shepherds. We must give account to the great shepherd. Speaks about Christ being the head of all the elect in the everlasting covenant in Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace, that's a great title for God, isn't it? A God of peace, especially when you've experienced that peace. That brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. Not just a shepherd, but the great shepherd of the sheep. Through the blood, as we sung a few minutes ago, of the everlasting covenant. Thank God for the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And it says in Ephesians 1.22, And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head, notice this, over all things to the church. Nothing can touch Mount Zion without the Lord's permission. Nothing can touch one of you without the Lord's permission. He's the head of his people. And he watches over us and he protects us and keeps us. As we think about election, you may not realize this. Christ in his humanity was elected. It says in Isaiah forty two, one, Behold my servant whom I uphold, the next two words, my elect in whom my soul delighteth. I put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Christ is God's delight. Now, he wasn't chosen for us, but we were chosen for him in the covenant of grace. Christ is called the surety of his people. Much, So much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Surety is someone who stands in the place of another. If he doesn't complete the contract, he will. Jesus is our surety. He's our guarantee that we'll go to heaven. We'll go to glory. He's called our mediator in Hebrews 12, 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Not the old covenant, the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. The sacrifice that Abraham brought was just the blood of animals. Jesus' blood is his own blood to wash away our sins. We're all one in Christ. Christ is the head. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11 says, For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, one body. For which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. And, and I mentioned this in our study other night, Monday night, of the privilege that Jesus, we can call Christ our brother, our brother. All the saints of God, we and sisters of God, we have a brother, Jesus Christ. Not only is our brother, he's our God, He's our Savior, He's our friend. We sing that song, "What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. As David's saying, prayer is so important in the Christian life. He says in verse 13 of Hebrews 2, And again, I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. When did God give the children to Christ? In the covenant of redemption before the world began. 1 John 2, 28 says, And now little children... Abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I'm afraid there's going to be some Christians going to be ashamed at his coming because of the way they're living when he comes. That's why we need to we need to examine ourselves on a daily basis. We need to confess our sins on a daily basis. We need to go to our high priest on a daily basis. So we see then that Jesus is the Uh, We are a covenant seed. The seed, a covenant people, as we've seen in Hebrews 13, 20. Christ represents his people. He's our representative of all God's elect. He stood in our place. Now the thought I want to bring to your mind to think about, ever what Christ did, he did it for you and I. His death was not a private death. It was a death for all his people. His burial wasn't a private burial. It was a burial for all his people died with him. When he came out of the grave, it wasn't a private resurrection just for him. It was for all his people rose with him. Read Ephesians chapter 2. So we see then, Christ being the head of his people, he being the, uh, uh, all of us was given to Christ before the world began, as we're going to see as we go through this. By Christ came the resurrection, in Christ all shall be made alive, in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ is the firstfruits, Romans 8:29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And we read this verse earlier where he says in Hebrews 11 that uh, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. We were all of one when God the Father gave us all to Christ in the covenant of redemption. He said, because he said, Behold I and the children which God hath given me. As we think about election, without election there'd be no salvation. Without election, there would be no resurrection. Without Christ being set up as the head of his people, there would be no hope for you and I. Paul emphasizes election in Romans chapter 11, 5 and 6. Even so, then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. It's an election of grace, not an election of works. God doesn't look down through time and see David believe and elected him. That would be an election based upon Dave's works. But God says, no, it's an election of grace. If by grace, then it is no more works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be a work, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. You can't have it both ways. It's either by the grace of God or it's by the works of man. And we know by experience that it's by the grace, the grace of God. Because Paul says in Ephesians 1.4, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love and second timothy 1 9 which is a beautiful verse when you think about the grace of god who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works praise god but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And the thing I want you to keep in your mind, when was it given us? Before the world began. And in whom was it given? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ before the world began. And Paul in writing in Corinthians speaks about the coming of Christ. And he says, they which are Christ at his coming. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty three says, but every man in his own order. Now I believe that 1 Corinthians 15, 1, Th- uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, when it speaks about being called up to be with the Lord, he's talking about the resurrection of the just. It speaks about the resurrection of the just at this point in time. In that order, Christ, the resurrection, we will be resurrected before the wicked. The righteous will be. And that's a beautiful thought when you think about it. Christ, the first fruits, he's the first one to be, to be resurrected from the grave in his own power. Afterward, they, notice this, they that are Christ at his coming. He's coming for his people to resurrect us. God's people will be the first to be resurrected from the grave. The wicked and the righteous are not raised at the same time. You see here very clearly that the righteous are resurrected. He's coming back with them that are his at his second coming. He's, Paul said, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Some people say, well, God chooses to office, but not to salvation. Here it's very clear. God chose us unto salvation. Not to be a preacher, just to be a preacher, just to be a member, just to be a deacon. No, He chooses us unto salvation. What a beautiful thought. Through sanctification of the Spirit, the new birth, and belief of the truth. By believing the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we think about these thoughts, the scriptures gives different names to his people. We're called his sheep, the sheep of God. Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and I know them and they follow me. One of the characteristics of a sheep is they follow the shepherd. People who say they know the Lord but never follow the Lord, there's something wrong with their profession. A true shepherd and a true sheep, the sheep will follow the shepherd. And he says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand." what greater security can you ask for? We're in the Savior's hands and all of us and the Savior are in the Father's hands. And he said, who's going to pluck you out? Who's greater than God? No one. No one. And remember we read the verse in uh, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. We're in his hand and all of us are in the Father's hand through the blood Of the everlasting covenant. What a joy that is. His sheep. Have you heard his voice this morning? And are you following him? He said my sheep. They hear. And they follow. Me. Beloved that's a key. That's one of the greatest evidences. That you know that you pass from death unto life. If you've heard his voice. And you're following him. Many Brethren. Romans eight twenty nine, for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Many brethren. We're we're adopted into the covenant of blessings. For it became him for whom are all things, and by him by whom are all things to bring many sons unto glory. To make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Is he going to fail bringing his sons to glory? No. As we're going to see as we continue on. And remember that Christ is the head and we're one with him. For both he that sanctifies and they who that are sanctified are all of one. By which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. We're called believers. Believers. In John 6.39, and this is the Father's will, which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. Now notice that it, but should raise it up, it, up at the last day. What's he talking about, the it, the body, the body. Our bodies will be raised up again at the last day. And I'm sad to say that there's some people teaching that there is no resurrection of the body. They're twisting the scriptures to their own destruction. They do away with the resurrection of Christ. They say that happened in 70 A.D. There is no resurrection. There is no destruction of the earth. There is no new heavens and new earth. That's all figurative language. It's sad to see that even good men are going down that path. It's really sad. But what says the scriptures is what we go by. Thus saith the Lord. God says I should lose nothing. Jesus says he'll lose nothing. Of all those that we gave unto him by the Father, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And since the last day hasn't come yet, that's future tense. We will be raised up at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. He emphasizes it again. And I will raise him up at the last day. Notice Christ's teaching. To deny the resurrection is to deny Jesus Christ's teaching. Now you can believe God or believe man. I believe God. I believe God. I will raise him up at the last day. in six forty four he says, "No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him. I will and I will raise him up at the last day. The body that's in the graveyard will be raised up at the last day. That's the promise that Christ has given. And why is that so? Because as we're going to see, he was res- he was he died and was buried and was resurrected. He's the firstfruits. He's the guarantee that we'll be resurrected. Verily, verily, he says, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Now, the reason I emphasize this it in John six thirty nine, 39, where he says I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day is we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15 now, verses 42-42. Through 58. But we're not going to read all of those. Paul talks about it. It. 1 Corinthians 15. Begin reading with verse 42. He says. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Now the resurrection of the dead. Is the resurrection of what? The body. What's dead? Only the body is dead in the graveyard. And it sleeps in Jesus. Jesus. And the soul and spirit is with the Lord who gave it. This, so what's dead? The spirit's not dead. Neither is the soul. It's only the body that's dead. And as the body is, is called it, Jesus says, i will raise it up, talking about the body at the last day. Notice what Paul says. He says, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. It is raised in corruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is. Is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written: the first man Adam was made a living soul, and the last man Adam was made a quickening spirit. Beloved, the it there refers to our physical body that's in the graveyard if we're dead. Paul Used the same thought that Christ did. Remember Christ said in his teaching, but should raise it up. It's very clear he's talking about the body. Paul is talking about the same body. It shall be raised up. Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection. His resurrection is the foundation of our resurrection. Remember that. Paul said if he hadn't been risen from the dead, our faith is vain, our life is vain, and we're still dead in our sins. And because he lived, you know the early church went around teaching and, and confessing of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. that was their joy. They were put in jail, they were put in prisons, some of them were killed. Why? Because they were testifying of the resurrection of Jesus Christ all throughout Jerusalem. It was on their lips, and even we today, as we every Sunday morning we meet to worship the lord it 's a evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. this is the Lord's Day was the day that Jesus came out of the grave, and we meet every Sunday a memorial of that moment of His resurrection. We don't have to wait for once a year to celebrate His resurrection; we celebrate it every Sunday. Every Sunday is a memorial that Christ is risen from the grave. Hallelujah! So we, being in Him, were raised with Him as our representative. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, there's a verse It brings out a few of these things. It says, let uh, me get the right right one here. As he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Remember, we were identified as Christ as our representative. You know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that we were crucified with him. He was buried, he was crucified, and he rose again the third day. Now, him being our representative, when he died, we died, Brother Roger. When he arose from the grave, we arose from the grave. When he ascended up into glory, we ascended within him. He's our representative. So he is the guarantee that every one of his people will be resurrected and At the last day. And those who are not dead will be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. You will be changed. Hallelujah. We serve a marvelous, awesome, omnipotent, holy God. Amen. Paul says, and has raised us up together. See, he was not a private person. He died for his people. He represented us which he wrought in Christ, Ephesians 1.20, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Philippians 3 says in verse 20, For our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. Now if the body is not resurrected, there won't be no change. So Paul didn't know what he was talking about. But some of these false teachers say, well, that happened in 70 A.D. Why is the graveyard so full of bodies then? Oh, beloved, it's false doctrine. You have to beware of men teaching today. According to the working whereby he is able even to do all things unto himself. Remember what Jesus said to Martha and Mary. He said, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Can you imagine when Jesus walked the earth? He was the very resurrection in life. That's why he could tell tell the dead. He could raise the dead. Why he was the resurrection, he was the power. That's why he could raise his own body when he died. Because he was the resurrected power. He was life. He was life. John said, he that hath the Son hath eternal life abiding in him. He that hath not the Son hath not eternal life abiding in him. It's all in Jesus, beloved. You're here this morning because Christ chose you before the foundation of the world. You're in Christ because the Father gave you to be in Christ. And you've been saved because Christ died as your substitute. He's your representative. We sing that song, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. No other sacrifice could cleanse from sin except the blood of Jesus. Because he was the Son of God, the eternal Son of God. What a Savior we serve. We sing that song, Hallelujah, what a Savior. Truly he is a wonderful Savior. Paul says in Romans 6 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, he didn't stop there. He says, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. As he was resurrected from the grave, so shall all his people be resurrected from the grave. Don't fear. That's what Paul was talking about over in 1 Thessalonians 4. Comfort one another. Those who have fallen asleep. They're going to be resurrected one day when that trumpet sounds and it blows, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Beloved, our loved ones who are born again and children of God will be resurrected if we are alive before us. And then we'll be changed and we both will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. I'm waiting for that day, Roger. I tell you what if we die, we meet our loved ones in glory. And if we're alive, we'll meet them in the air. (laughs) Either way, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Can you imagine what a jubilee that's going to be in fellowship? When all the saints of God will be together, Jesus will be sitting on the throne, and we'll be seeing an amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Hallelujah. I tell you, that's going to be... Beloved, that's something that sometimes we need to stop and think about more often. What's waiting for us? Death is not the end. Death is the beginning for the child of God. Christ raised with the same body and the saints will be raised with the same body but changed. We are waiting for his second coming and the redemption of our body. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, And God hath both raised up the Lord and and will also raise up us by his own power. There you see, the same God that raised up the Lord is going to raise us up. Same power. As we read earlier, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to do all things unto himself. Remember, this is God's power being demonstrated. We say, how is it possible for God to to resurrect a body when it was Burnt? When it was eaten by animals. It was destroyed. Remember with man it's impossible. But with God all things are possible. The God that created the body originally can bring it back. Can bring it back together and unite it with the soul. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He asked Abraham. In Romans eight eleven it says. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies that are in the grave by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. That same Holy Spirit that's in us He's going to quicken our mortal bodies and fashion it like unto the body of Christ. We'll be made like Christ. Hmm. Hallelujah. What a day that will be. That will be a wonderful, wonderful day. 1 Corinthians 15, 23, we said earlier, but every man on his own order across the first fruits. Afterward, they that are Christ, that is coming. And here's the scripture that gives us hope. David mentioned hope this morning. Titus 2, 13, looking for that blessed hope, blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Some people have no hope to look forward to. They're not looking for the glorious appearing of Christ. They're not looking for nothing but death. They have no resurrection of the body they have no coming savior to look forward to what a sad what a what a what a discouraging doctrine it is hmm. I'm glad that God gave me the mind to believe his word the power of his resurrection Jesus said in john fourteen19 now we're going, to, we're going to look at the resurrection from our lives now. Sometimes we think of the resurrection only in the future. But you know, we, we are living right now spiritually because of his resurrection. And this is what I want to bring in closing. The importance of the resurrection in the church today, in the house of God, and in our lives as Christians Jesus said in fourteen nineteen of John yet a little while and the world seeth me no more but you see me because I live you shall live also. We can live the Christian life only because Christ was resurrected and sending up into heaven and we are living by that resurrecting power today in our Christian walk. As I said earlier he's he said unto her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And He said in one statement, he that believeth in me shall never die. You said, how is that possible? The graveyard is full of dead people. Yeah, their bodies are dead, but their souls with the Lord, they never die. The person never dies. Only the body is laid in the graveyard. And the scriptures makes it clear that the body is asleep in Jesus. It doesn't say that about the wicked. Only God's people are asleep in Jesus. The body is. We don't believe in soul sleep, as some teach. Only the body sleeps in the Lord. In Romans 6, 5, it says, If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. Baptism is a picture as we go under the water of his death. And when we come out of the water, it's, it's a picture of His resurrection. What a beautiful picture baptism is of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Now, Paul was one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. In his testimony, listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that I may know Him, That's the word genosco, by experience, and the power of his resurrection when I'm resurrected. No, he wanted to know the power of the resurrection now in his present life, present life. You know, Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I live by faith upon the Son of God who loved me and died and gave Himself for me. He was living present tense. Christ was living in Paul, giving Paul the strength to live the life that he did. Paul says, "By the grace of God, I am what I am." He couldn't brag on himself; he had to brag on the Lord. So, what do we want to know? I want to know. I want to know the Lord more. The reason Dave teaches, Roger teaches, and I teach, and we study, and we study, and we study, we learn more and more and more about who? About Jesus, about the Father, the Holy Spirit, the things of God. There's so much, I Brother Roger, the more I study, the more I realize what I don't know. There's so much to know. Paul said we see through a glass darkly. He also said we know nothing as we ought to know. So no matter how well you know a subject, you can always go back and find more. You may have read a verse a hundred times that all of a sudden that hundred and tenth time boom, it opens up to you. you. say, "Wow, I've never seen that before yeah. walking in the in his resurrected power, we live by his resurrection life in us romans five ten says for if we, for if when we were enemies." We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. We are being daily delivered by His life and power in us, as we're going to see. To God be the glory. We shall know the power of His resurrection in our present, present, present life. What a blessing that is to know that. As again that I said, that I might know, genosco him by experience. And as you read the word, the Holy Spirit will open up your hearts and minds to see more beauty in the Lord. Who has the armor of the Lord been revealed, said Isaiah, in Isaiah 53. Revealed to God's people. And the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. And are all of us, according to Romans 8, 29, and 30, being conformed to the image of Christ in our daily lives, to be more like Christ. And here's some of the verses in closing that should be a blessing to your heart and to mine. Ephesians 3.20. Now this is where you can start to understand the resurrection of Christ. Now unto him that is able... Now, this is something we need to come to conclusion to, that God is able to meet any need we have. Is it a sin need? His blood cleanses from all sins. Do you need grace? He has more grace than we can ever use, the reign of grace in our hearts. Is it joy? He can give us joy, Brother Roger, unspeakable and full of glory. Is it hope? The hope of God is shed abroad in our hearts, too, and the love of God by the Holy Spirit. Now, to him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, or superabundantly above all that we ask or think, you cannot think of anything greater than what God can do. As I say, sometimes when we dwell on our problems, the problems become in our mind only greater than God, and we fear and we doubt, and we get depressed, and we get discouraged. Why? Because we allow the problem to become bigger in our minds than God. And that's how Satan works. He wants the problem to become so big. You dwell on the problem. That's all you dwell on. You just think on it, and pretty soon it captures your mind, your soul, everything. And you have to get your mind off the problem and say, no, I'm going to look to God. Look unto Jesus. The Word of God says, the author and finisher of our faith. Look to Him. He'll take care of the problem. And I know it takes faith to do that. To take your burden, as Paul says over there, and give it to the Lord and leave it. It's not as simple sometimes as we think because we give it to the Lord, but we want to bring it back again and we start dwelling on it. Once you give it to Him, it's His. And He's sustained thee. In other words, He'll help you get through it because He's carrying the burden for you. Oh, our God loves us so much. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. In what He's saying here, we, uh, we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us or is operating in us. What power is that? That's the power of Christ's resurrected power operating in us to help us meet our daily needs. We can say He's alive. How do you know that? He's operating in me, He's given me faith. He's given me joy, he's given me peace, and he's given me the victory over my burdens. And that's how we know he lives today. We say he lives within. He does. Also in Colossians chapter 1 verse 11, strengthened with all might and this verse has a lot to say. According to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power. You know, you take a light bulb and you stick it in the thing and you screw it in, and all of a sudden, boom, it lights up. You've got connected to the power. When we're in fellowship, as we're going to see with God, He gives us power. We light up. Let your light so shine before men, and to me, see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. As God works through us, people see that and it glorifies God. It's not us, it's God all the way. Note I put here, in all power, being in power, passive force, in other words, we're passive. According to the might of the glory of Him, it is God who is the source of our power. You take this, city here of Crown Point. If the main power goes off, the whole city goes down in darkness. These lights are on because the main power is on. We're connected to that main power. And we're going to see in our own lives we are not the source of our power, but God is the source of our strength and our power as we're going to see to live the Christian life. Beloved, we have the power of God. Awesome. When you think about it, he said in Ephesians 6.10, which we've quoted many times, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Now, Paul knew where we to put everything in the Lord and in the power of his might. Sometimes, if you've got a Bible program, do a search for in the Lord, and you'll see how many times that's used in, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord, in the, in the Lord. Everything's in the Lord. And the power of his might. In other words, what Paul is saying, be empowered, you're passive, in the Lord, in union with the Lord, in fellowship and prayer. That's why, Brother Dave, fellowship, prayer is so important. Because as we pray and we humble ourselves, God is strengthening us. We're passive. We're beggars. We're looking to the Lord. And as we are praying to Him, He's putting strength into us to overcome our daily problems and needs. What a wonderful Savior. In the might of His strength of Him. In the last couple of verses, one that we quote many times, and I hope the way we show this, it will help you understand this subject and make it more a blessing to your soul. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things, not by myself, not by my free will. I can do all things through Christ, which what? Strengtheneth me. Now, this is in the active voice, So it's Christ is doing the empowering so that we can do all things. You say, how can I live the Christian life? As you pray, as he strengthens you, you can obey the Lord. Now I'm going to give you a verse to go with this to help you understand Philippians 4, 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Notice what it says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Remember I can do all things through Christ who's infusing strength into me. This is those all things. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Working out all things. You're working those things out. Why? For it is God which worketh in you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Which agrees with Philippians 4.13 where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who's infusing strength into me. As he puts the strength in, I work it out. But you can't work out what he doesn't work in. See how it fits together? We're enjoying his resurrecting power even before we're resurrected from the grave. As Christians now, we live upon his resurrecting power. We live upon our Savior's love. Paul says, I do all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Beloved salvation's in Christ. Let us give him the praise and glory this morning. May we pray. Our gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you for thy word and testimony. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and died and gave himself for us. We thank you for the resurrection of our Lord. One day we know we have the resurrection of our bodies. But until then we can live upon the living Christ, the resurrected Christ, and enjoy the power of his resurrection in our daily lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll make this a reality to the children of God. In his name we pray. Amen. Someone have a song in closing.